0: She is an IIM Lucknow alumni with her forte as strategic management for leaders. She comes with a rich, diversified industry leadership experience, a certified Gallup professional and coach, a lady of substance and grace. She has been featured in Corporate Citizen for her successful transition from Army officer to Corporate Leader and is in their May edition wherein she shares her name with some industry icons. Like Mr. Narayan Murthy. She wears multiple hats as a multifaceted leader. She is currently working with a US IT company in the HR field to lead her purposeful life. She is honorary Vicky President, Telangana CSR Council, and member of All Ladies League, which is a global association. Namrata Dasmana is a writer and a global speaker.
1: Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn great things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Naveen Samala and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar Naganla. So folks, today we are going to discuss a topic, women and economy. And we are pleased to welcome Namrata to our show. Namrata, welcome to our show. Can we get started?
2: Thanks. Thanks so much Naveen and Sudhakar for calling me at Global Voice of India. I must compliment you for the success for the show and a wonderful job and uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here thank you so much once again
0: namrata it is our pleasure to host you and you are you are on the go right you wear multiple hats please tell us how you manage all these things in parallel and you know can you give us little insights to your work
2: So yes, uh, telling you about my multiple hats, uh, yes, see, I made a midlife transition in corporate and there is so, so much to do to achieve in this limited time. I've always led a purposeful life, be it in forces as an officer or in any organization. Uh, For me, purpose is more important. What impact I am making, that takes me and makes me to a different heights and develops me. Uh, in my second innings, I decided to live my life by consolidating all my passions. And I'm blessed to have so many passions. So I write as a guest contributor in HR magazines. Uh, Wiki uh, gave me an um, honorary appointment of President Telangana Council. As an influencer, it's my duty to create positivity and empowerment among youth, women, and to the entire ecosystem Uh, As an honorary member of All Ladies League, uh, we collaborate globally to create oneness, uh, to improve she economy. As a coach, I'm again passionate about developing and transforming people. And yes, classically, I am blessed to be in one of the best IT company and doing some crazy stuff in the HR world to make things better there. Uh, And yes, there's much more in Pipeline. And uh, to tell you that uh, how do I do is something what I have also taken little time and how I manage is clearly by not mixing any of these things. So while you wear hat of fun role, be passionate towards that role and give it your best. I keep my weekends for all these honorary activities and my morning goes in reading and writing. To leave my legacy to the world, I have created my YouTube channel with small, a minute, short uh, uh, knowledge videos. So that's for the world when I leave the planet. Rest, my Sunday is for total my rest and rejuvenation. Yet, there is much more to do and to achieve. Uh, With so much of diversified knowledge and experience on leadership portfolios, I think it's my responsibility to give back to the world. And that's what inspires me to to just keep doing and keep raring
0: to go. Really like that. Keep it simple and don't mix the items. So what you are supposed to do at that point of time, do it. Amazing. Thank you. So Namrata, you know, as per the recent report, 41 CEOs are women out of Fortune 500 companies. And in India, if you see the top 100 companies, only six are in the highest position. So if you look at the corporate ladder, why do you think very few women make it to the top? Uh,
2: that's a very, very important and a noticeable question. Uh, see, why women remain unsung? Uh, because of lack of psychological and emotional outlook towards them in the entire ecosystem. They always avoid to have any kind of distasteful experience. So there are numerous women who are and who have remained un- underrepresented. The cover pages of magazines have men, okay? Okay the forum of speakers are all with men. Okay, so it's not that women are not there and they're not doing, but they're not glorified for what they have done in corporate and for their work. Most of the time, men are doing it unintentionally and it's the subconscious bias. Now coming to corporate, assuming that women would not be able to do or not interested to go up the ladder, is one of the biggest contributing factor for women not making up to the level of CXO. So this assumption does a lot of damage. In fact, there was a survey conducted in one of the job fair, uh, Women in Tech, where 51% of respondents reported that assumptions about their competency and lack of growth opportunities have been the major hurdle while returning to career after break. So they remain unnoticed for the leadership roles. So the society and people around have not noticed the change in the intent of women, that they do want to go up to the top and still glorifying women as per their, you know, uh, primitive thoughts. Now talking about going to top. So you see, women are better at collaboration than men. And collaborative behavior sometimes can appear as indecisive or differential, right? They're always afraid to get boxed the assumptions of men. So their analytical, strategic mindsets are parked aside and they always went unnoticed. Then few years back, compassion, empathy, EQ, EI, they were all glorified as for women only. Forgotten the epitome of compassionate leadership is Mr. Ratan Tata. But in the case of women, if she is empathetic, she is not considered strategic or visionary or not fit for leadership or CEO position. So as a result, men are often considered natural leaders when they exhibit traits like aggression, whereas women displaying these similar qualities might be penalized for appearing unfeminine. Then there are structural barriers. In short, uh, there is indiscrimination. Uh, Men and women are judged by different criteria. They are expected to perform differently and they're rewarded differently for their same accomplishments. Hence, the retention of women talent becomes a challenge. And as and when they see such kind of biases, they quit. As you see, uh, dealing with these kind of uh, everyday biases becomes very, very unhygienic for them. And then hiring them and positioning them with their talents and then developing them for leadership role is a very, very conscious step which is still not being taken. So they are not being developed to take these kind of bigger roles and responsibilities. Then the stereotypes and favoritism in the organization again plays a very important role, uh, which still has not yet changed. Uh, And this causes that big difference in the career trajectories of women and men. And just to kind of sum it up, you know, well, closing gender gaps, you see it benefits country as a whole not just to women uh, or to girls. I hope I answer your question.
1: It was a set of fantastic thoughts that you have shared, uh, Namrata. In fact, you have been very candid. And we have also recently had a discussion with another guest, like who was working more towards women empowerment and all, and highlighted this uh, topic of uh, payment parity, okay, wherein women are paid less compared to men. And definitely this is something which we may have to focus and uh Try to spread that awareness and in fact, women are no short in terms of how they execute things and drive strategy, run organizations. In fact, we have role models like Indra Nui, who have already proved to the world what a women leader can achieve, right? So some wonderful mm-hmm. thoughts shared over there. And definitely we are looking for some great days for women ahead. And continuing on the conversation, I would like to touch upon the second part of the topic, which is the economy. So in your opinion, what has been the economy situation during this pandemic?
2: The pandemic has really taken a plunge globally with per capita income contracting in most of the countries. Although the sentiments are turning positive in fewer countries, but in developing countries like ours, it's going to take time. Even though the jobs are there, but they are with almost negligible increase. Small entrepreneurs are affected. Big giants have definitely made money. So it's a kind of deflation in economy, apart from inflation. The purchasing power and the intent has changed because of reduced outings and requirements of people. So now, even if the supplies is there in uh, economy the demand of customers have reduced. So COVID-19 has changed income, poverty, consumption and unemployment in India. Post-pandemic, the number of poor in India have more than doubled and the number of people in middle class have pushed in poverty. India has seen decrease in middle class and rise in poverty. So estimates suggest that uh, in 2020, the top 1% of the population held 42.5% of the total wealth, while the bottom 50% had only 2.5% of the total wealth. So during India's first stringent uh, national lockdown between uh, April and May 2020, individual income dropped by approximately 40%. So with all these concerns of the population, yes, adequate measures of wealth creation have to be taken by promoting in-house business, indian entrepreneurs and the wealth creation by the government so covid 19 pandemic has affected societies and economies at their core while the impact of the pandemic will vary from country to country uh, it will most likely increase poverty and inequalities at a global scale making achievement of sustainable development goals even more urgent
1: i think those are some staggering numbers and it takes some time for us to revive and now Talking about the women's role in the overall economy, can you shed some light on the socio-economic pressures on, on women and how they are going to affect the overall economy?
2: Yes, uh, thanks so much for this question. Uh, see, women really do have lots of sociological factors of looking after families, creating balance, if they want to work in rural areas, education, poverty, Uh, lack of hygiene infrastructures forces them to lead a very unhealthy life. The unpaid work have glorified them to do all this as a duty without any acknowledgement and respect. So uh, as per UN, 810 women are dying every day because of pregnancy and childbirth due to inadequate medical and hygiene management because they're economically not independent. They're always found in guilt if they spend money on themselves. Moreover, the pressures of society have glorified them as an epitome of sacrifice, that they are being sacrificed with their own lives now. So imagine a world without women. Economically, it has affected significantly. As women is part of the society with lack of psychological safety. There are lots of bottlenecks and it does have an impact on the economy. So you see, globally over, Uh, 2.7 billion women are legally restricted from having the same choice of jobs as men. Of 189 economies assessed in 2018, 104 economies still have laws preventing women from working in specific jobs. 59 economies have no laws on sexual harassment in the workplace. And in 18 economies, husbands can legally prevent their wives from working. So the economic boost that can happen with such mass of women has just been crippled down. So talking about us as a nation, although we do have indications that the government is turning the trend around, uh, some promising signs um, are the government's program for skills development, subsidized loans for business led by women, if they can be implemented and they can be respected, These policies could remove some of the barriers women face and uh, can offer a significant boost to India's economy. Uh, See, it's very simple. Empowering women is a smart economic. She works, more people work, more contribution to economy, boost to economy. We have better and a developed nation for tomorrow. She working boosts her confidence her self-esteem, and hence a happier family as well. So with women now representing 40% of the global labor force and more than half of the world's university students, overall productivity will increase if their skills and talents are used more fully. Okay. So for example, if women farmers uh, have the same access as men to productive resources such as land, uh, fertilizers, agricultural output in developing countries as well, it, would, it could increase as much as uh, 2.5 to 4% so it's been long that our country is still developing guys i mean uh, please come out of that primitive era of thought process of living life make let, let's make our nation economically strong by uh, educating women and giving them opportunities to contribute in the economic development of the country i hope uh, i answer your question
0: oh yeah You answered the question with much more details than at least what I anticipated. I was making note of uh, some of the numbers that you said, uh, uh, Namrata. One thing that is really, really uh, worrying for me, while we understand the socio-economic aspects and the psychological disparities that we have in our mind, like you said, primitive thought process or the conservative thought process, one thing that was really staggering for me as you were making that remark, I was just calculating. As of now, I think um, we have about 7.98 billion population, right, across Mm -hmm. the globe. You said of that, 2.7 billion women are legally restricted to, you know, from working. That is staggering 34%. Yeah. That one number actually is mind-boggling in the wrong way, meaning... In year 2021, where we talk about uh, advancements, artificial intelligence, machines taking over, you know, in like 20 years, uh, machines completely taking over, the singularity movement and all of it, I I think the way you put it across as the primitive thought process is well put, right? Even in this era, if we are thinking about 34% of human population is formally legally restricted yeah. to work is a, like really saddening day right you know that data is really mind-boggling in the wrong way in the negative way in a sad way yeah now that we know that disparity in women's engagement Namrata, what should we do we meaning the society do to support women in a targeted way in a focused way so that we can bring up that uh, current situation of 2.7 billion to, I don't know, maybe 2 billion to start with, then 1 billion, then to zero, right?
2: Thanks, thanks for asking. Just empower her. Just empower her. Create that AI for her, which you just said. And that's acceptance and inclusivity. Stop telling her to create that balance, right? Balance is created by two people, both men and women. See, a balancing beam has two different balances. So stop setting those unrealistic goals for her and glorifying her as a superhuman being let her be just comfortable in her own existence identify your own self biases for women there are more than 150 biases there uh, and uh, we all have self biases so that identification of those self biases is very very important so identify your own self biases for women and let's overcome that create an ecosystem What you want for yourself, she deserves and expects the same. There's no rocket science behind it. Then society needs to ensure women are given more opportunities to develop those leadership skills in sports and in community services as well. And not at a later stage, but even in the earlier in life as well. Respect them for the unpaid work too. See, one day if you do not get acknowledged in work, how do you feel? So she also expects same acknowledgement and recognition at every stage of life where she is just taken for granted. See, today when we say nature is healing, it's femininity which is healing. So respect her before it is too late. Culture and history has already proven if femininity is not respected, nature or universe or supreme power have taught the world how to respect them. And don't push her to the point that she just has to roar. Because if Shakti uh, or the women roars, uh, then we all know what happens. So let that respect and humanity prevail. Because with all this kind of AI, acceptance and inclusivity, her own self confidence, her own self respect, her own, she'll come out from her own self biases and she'll be more confident. So just practice a simple approach by ensuring that. Women have the same opportunities to develop as men. That's it.
0: Absolutely. I think uh, you simplified this to what you call as the unit testing, right? First start from you, that is you meaning us, identify the self-biasness. That is the first good, great starting point, I would say, because at the end, what is society? You and me put together in society. So rather than thinking, ab- thinking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, externalizing the problem, first accept that, you know, it needs to be starting from the, you know, identifying the self-biasedness and start accepting inclusivity, diversity, belongingness, and the most important aspect, accept that there is an action for us to do, you know, just by closing your eyes, don't assume that the problem that is at hand will go away because that will not go away until we act on it. Sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, we do. And we do bring this biasness into the conversation or into the overall uh, mix into the system and then complicate things. Great stuff, Namrata. Thank you. You know, Now that we agreed or we identified the problems from the society at large, what should women do? From their point, because at the end of the day, we live in the society or we live in an ecosystem which is more push and sometimes pull as well. So now we identified the problems or uh, action items from society. What should women be doing?
2: Yeah, amazing question and very, very relevant question. Um, See, a woman is doing good for herself. She just needs to communicate more about her aspirations and should have clarity in her mind that what, do she, what does she want. If she wants to be at home, let her be happy. If she wants to be at office, I mean, she wants to work, she has to come up from that comfort zone as well. She should realize that perfectionism is an unrealistic goal. That's the bottom line for a woman. And so she should just communicate within her own ecosystem about her expectations and aspirations both at home and in the office and things uh, will start changing for her as well.
1: This has been phenomenal conversation so far, Namrata. And I think we have discussed uh, problems of economy as well as role of women in terms of how she can boost the economy. So great uh, thoughts shared so far, but uh, we'd like to spice it up this conversation with a few interesting rapid fire questions if you are okay.
2: Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
1: Wonderful. So, yeah, thank you. Let me begin the very first, uh, let me fire the very first bullet out of the rapid fire. What is the most adventurous thing that you have done so far, uh, Namrata?
2: Skydiving.
1: Wow. <laughs> Great. Yeah, here comes my next one. What is your favorite failure?
2: Oh my God, failure. Well, uh, my belated accomplishments, missing deadlines to achieve bigger goals of life.
1: <laughs> wow, bang on. Yeah, here comes my next one. What is one hidden talent that Namrata has and which nobody is aware of, which you would like to share with TJV audience?
2: So it will no more be hidden. Kathak dance. Sorry? Kathak dance. My Kathak, my talent in Kathak.
1: Okay, all right. (laughs) Okay, yeah, moving on. Here comes my next one. What has been a question on your mind which was never answered so far?
2: Why are people so prejudiced and quick in boxing others?
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Last one for the rapid fire, uh, Namrata. What will be your message okay, that you would like to give to your own younger version?
2: Be adventurous, be creative, just dream big, be financially extremely independent, yet stay humble and radically humane.
1: That's fabulous. And uh, the rapid fire was really rapid. Thank you so much for being so candid and being so sport in the rapid fire round with that i would like to hand over the session back to the mainstream over to sudhakar
0: thank you naveen
1: starting from
0: skydiving to kathak dance those were some amazing answers and some amazing insights about uh, namrata that typically not many would know thank you for being such a sport namrata coming back to the mainstream, one final question for this session namrata what will be one piece of advice from you to those you know, aspiring to make big in their careers.
2: See, identify your values. The values in us drives us. With values, we will have core purpose. Always have mentors and role models. So, if you really want to go that high in life, identify what is the core purpose that you're here for. Get yourself guided with mentors and role models who can guide you and whom you can look upon. And there, sky's the limit. That will really take you very, very high in life.
0: Thank you. I think the core values, you know, in the recent past, we have seen this as a theme, uh, Namrata, depending, uh, irrespective of whichever guest we talk to. This is one thing that came out very strongly that identify the core values and build on them because that is the true you. And really appreciate you calling out the requirement for mentor and guide because that is the reason why the guiding wise this podcast is in existence. Because we believe that ensuring the right guidance that you get and looking up to the mentor or someone whom you can look up to gives you the easier path to be and definitely build that path with your core values that you identify. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was indeed a great conversation about women at large and economy in particular. Thank you so much for being so candid and giving us your time. Really appreciate you taking time for this session.
2: Thank you so much Naveen and Sudhakar. Again, I must compliment you. It's a wonderful, uh, great job that you guys are doing and it was pleasure for me to be in the show and to share some of my views, and I hope it was a, it will be a value add to your audience. Thank you so much.
1: It was a pleasure hosting you, and thank you so much for being part of our journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe, Namrata. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. All right. So it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode. And folks, today's trivia is about web browser. You know what was the first ever web browser? I know you must be thinking about Netscape or something, but here comes a secret. You must be knowing Tim Berners-Lee, the person who actually invented the World Wide Web. He also created another browser named World Wide Web. In fact, it was a, what you see is what you get HTML editor, which was briefly called as World Wide Web. But shortly after that, the application was renamed to Nexus in order to avoid the confusion between the various technologies available there. So, before settling on the World Wide Web name for his browser, interestingly, Berners-Lee also considered it calling as the mine of information and also the information mesh. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you so much for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Take care. Be safe. Until next time. Bye-bye. We're signing off for today. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest.